Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. We're glad to be back with you again this week. Um, we are going to be on the road, but actually just between Salt Lake City and Provo, right, Richard? Usually, usually when we say on the road, we mean in the air. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. We- we do have, as many of you listeners know, we have the interesting, some days we call it an opportunity, some days we call it an obligation to travel all over the world talking to parents about parenting and about their children and about the challenges it is to raise kids in this modern world of ours. But this particular week, we are staying close to home and we'll be on the road literally just driving from our home in Park City, Utah, down to a place that many of you know well, Provo, Utah, where we'll be speaking at an affair called Education Week. Many of you know about Education Week. Those of you who don't, it's a massive operation, isn't it, Linda? It is. I don't know how they handle those crowds every year, but they do. It's quite an amazing thing, but a lot of amazing people will be there, including the audiences, <laughs> but a lot of good speakers, too. And we'll have maybe a 1,000 folks, and we'll get to spend one series with them on uh, entitlement, the problem of entitlement in raising kids. And boy, is that a huge problem. Those of you who listened last week, we talked about entitlement, and uh We're actually going to be spending a little time on that on this radio show in weeks to come. And then our second hour at uh, Education Week, this full week ahead, we'll be talking about some spiritual solutions to everyday problems. So we're pretty excited about both subjects, I think, don't you, Linda? We are. It's always so fun to just really sit and talk with parents and with people that are concerned about being better and doing better. Um, we always feel that we learn as much as as they do, certainly, but it really is a fun experience for us and fun for us to do together. Well, when people come for the very purpose of learning and, you know, expanding their horizons and so on, it's like, it's, it's, in a way, it's, it's like you're preaching to the choir because you get so many True. people who are already good parents. But on the other hand, it's quite wonderful because... They're soaking it up, and you, you've got an obligation to say something meaningful that they'll remember and that they'll take home with them. Well, and just as an example to um, illustrate that parents are the same, no matter where they are, who they are, what religion they're in, or anything else, we've been talking about this entitlement book for a long time, The Entitlement Trap, but we are kind of on the cusp now of, of releasing it on September 6th. But last year at Education Week, we had this audience of beautiful parents, and we were going to talk about entitlement, and we looked at there and thought, the kids of these great parents are not, they do not, they're not entitled. I mean, these parents know how to do it right. They know how to make their kids work and earn all their stuff and everything. So these we are asked good them, parents. Yeah, these are, <laughs> these are church people. Well, um, it was so interesting. The first question we asked, you know, do you feel your children are entitled? Oh, my gosh, three-fourths Every of the audience shot in the air. Yeah, and it's a, it's a new, I mean, it's not a new problem, but it's, the, the magnitude of it is new. Kids think they have to have whatever they want. They have to have it right now. They don't want to work for it. They don't want to wait for it. So before we get to today's topic, which I think you're going to love, 
let us just say that next week and the following week, because there's only two more weeks before this new book, The Entitlement Trap, comes out. So not today, but the next Monday and the following Monday, we're going to talk a little about some of the in-depth solutions that we have found, not us alone, but working with a lot of other parents on how to solve the problem of the entitlement trap, how to rescue your kids from the jaws of the entitlement trap. Well, and now as we launch into the subject today, Richard, you should never say this is something you're going to love because yeah, that's true. You, <laughs> you may either love or hate it. I mean, the topic we hate. I mean, it really is something that is really a sad commentary on our society. And I might just say, we, we uh, some of you read our column in the Deseret News. And by the way, if you don't take the Deseret News, go online on uh, on Mondays, the same day that we do this show on the radio, and go to DeseretNews.com, and you'll you'll read our column. This, today, the reason we decided to do this radio show on it is we had such an overwhelming reaction. We had over a thousand people write in about this column or respond to a poll that we did online. And here's the topic. Do you want to give me a little drum roll, Linda? I don't know how to do that with my tongue. A little kid could do that easily, but no. We're going to talk on two terms that, as Linda says, we really, should we use the word hate, Linda? That's kind of a strong word. Some people don't like it. Yeah, they they don't like it when they say hate. We don't like, we dislike Two things we really dislike, two terms, are hanging out and hooking up. Um, uh, that's, that's it. <laughs> we really don't like those two words. I mean, hanging out, hanging out is not all that bad at a certain age. And, and our age is one of them. It's fun for us to hang out with our friends. Old people can hang out. Right. Hey, we're not old people. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, I wasn't referring to us. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, it is something, though, that is becoming so prevalent in our world that it is just horrifying. And, you know, we go to these PG-13 movies, even people who have recommended them saying this is a great movie, and you can't go to a, a PG-13 almost movie anymore that doesn't have some hanging out and hooking up. Well, and let's define our terms a little bit because I realize those are kind of slang terms and they might mean a very different thing to different people. But uh, generally speaking, what we're going to define them as today, hanging out is, in fact, let me just jump right to the chase. Hanging out, we think the problem with it is it's really an alternative to dating. It's really a sort of a uh, entitlement type uh, alternative where instead of dating, uh, and, and again, we think it's wonderful for kids under 16 not to date. We think it's too, they're too young if they're that age, and they ought to hang out. They ought to have some supervision in their hanging out with each other, and the funnest hanging out is when there's an activity or something that's somewhat planned. But what what bugs us is kids who are uh, 25 or who are 35 and who are still hanging out instead of dating, and it's just it's it's just rampant in 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 American society today, and even more so uh, in some parts of society where a lot of college campuses now there's just not very much real dating going on because everyone's just hanging out. Now, what do you think it is that bugs us most about that, Linda? 
Well, I mean, I think it's it's great to have friendships and develop solid friendships and and hanging out isn't bad. It's just if you're exclusively hanging out forever (laughs) and you never really choose somebody to develop a relationship to date and to potentially marry, um, it's just becoming a very uh, rampant thing in our our society. It yeah. really is scary. I think what I what I dislike most about it is it's kind of a it's kind of a cop out. It's kind of like, you know, I don't want to have to think of anything fun to do, and I don't want to put forth any effort, and I don't want to call a girl. I don't want to, you know, have the awkwardness of one on one with someone else. I mean, maybe we wouldn't. Uh, maybe we'd have an awkward silence, and you know, I don't want to put. I don't want to spend the money to go on a date, yeah. but more than that, I don't even want to try to think of something to do. It's just so much easier to just go hang out. Hey, where are the where, where are people tonight? Where are they? I'll just go over there and I'll hang out. I mean, how long are you going to do that, folks? Um, I, I think you know when when an eighteen year old's doing it and never dating, that's a little bit of a problem. When a twenty eight year old's doing it and never dating, that's a bigger problem. And, and of course, you can see where we're going with this. That did you know? Uh, here's the, here's the fact that the average age in our state where we live for for marriage was twenty two point nine years just ten years ago. And the average age now for getting married is 26.7 years. I'm not saying that I think it's bad to wait a little while to get married. Some people have very good reasons for it. But hanging out and not dating is not a good reason. Absolutely. I mean, we really should preface this by saying that we have daughters that were married at 27 and 29, as well as one that was married at 23. We have sons that were married at 25 and then uh, 30, let's see, 31. And then we have a single son who's not married yet, who's 37. So, you know, we're not saying this is what you should do. We're saying this is where we are. And it is really an amazing thing. I And I don't know that we have solutions here we just need to talk about it for a while now, now you've done it linda you've revealed that we have an unmarried 37 year old son you're going to get all kinds of people wanting to line him up and we're okay with that <laughs> i thought you were going to say a whole bunch of people sighing with relief because they have one too <laughs> oh that, yeah that's that too that too and again uh, you know the reason it's a little delicate to be as bombastic as we're being today is of course there are some people who would like to be married and are not married and haven't had the opportunity, especially women. And and we're not suggesting that there's some right time to get married. What we are suggesting, though, is to automatically conclude that it's better to wait till you're 30 and you've established yourself and you own a house and you have your career path and blah, blah, blah. To, to, to do that as a matter of course, to not consider the fact that there are also some advantages to getting married a little bit sooner than that, is probably caving into the trend in society rather than thinking it through for yourself. Well, and I think there are so many beautiful, bright, in fact, even brilliant young women who are not married and are not dating and so maybe we're kind of suggesting that these guys get, I mean, I know that girls can ask out now and it's a different world than when we were dating, but these guys need to get on the stick and really start being serious about dating because they, I don't know, I think they, a lot of them think it's just 
um, too much responsibility to be married. They're perfectly happy the way they are. Um, I don't know. If we had a call-in show, we might have <laughs> 20 might bazillion be, calls right we now. We might be arousing the ire of some listeners. But, yes. But let me just add the, the other term to the mix, because they really are linked together. That, 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 and I think it's clear we, we dislike the second term even more than the first one of hanging out. The second one is hooking up. Now, in many places, that uh, that that means uh, that means having sexual relations. That means hooking up in a physical sense. Not always. Some people talk about hooking up, and what they mean is, well, we've now we're still sort of hanging out, but we sort of hang out with one person now than we more than we did before. But here's my here's the problem, and I I may be a little more annoyed by this than Linda, but. Uh, to me, if if hanging out is the alternative, the sort of wishy-washy, uh, non-committal alternative to dating, then I think hooking up is the alternative to courtship. Now, there's an old-fashioned word, courtship. You don't hear that much anymore, but in its in its finest definition, courtship is pretty neat. Courtship is deciding that you really enjoy being with someone and then doing what you can to help that relationship to really grow and really develop. There's nothing old-fashioned about that, folks. In fact, that's one of the most exciting and challenging and interesting parts of a person's life. I'm worried we're losing it. I think so, too. Maybe it's just because you were such a crazy person when we were dating. Wait a minute, wait <laughs> a minute. Let's not get personal We here. had so <laughs> much fun. I mean, it was always something interesting and kind of goofy or something. You well, know. Well, well, I spent a lot on you, right? Yeah, 50 cents. I, I realized <laughs> I, at the end, by the time, after we got married and realized he had no money, I realized that we really... He probably only spent 50 cents on it. He figured out some way... <laughs> some way to do something without any money every single time. Yeah, dating should not, <laughs> moving on from that point, yeah. Linda, <laughs> dating should not necessarily be a matter of, of spending money. It, it should be a matter of finding creative and enjoyable ways to be together. And and when dating turns into courtship, that is a an, an interesting milestone in a relationship, and it suggests that... Uh, now we're really beginning to think seriously about our future. We're beginning to make serious effort to get to know each other in, in various ways. What a wonderful thing that is. And, um, again, we're starting out a little negative. In a couple of minutes we'll take a break, and then we'll try to be more constructive after the break in making some suggestions, not only to parents but to, to older uh, singles who may uh, be thinking about this dilemma. But but for now, you know, again, just to hammer home the point, um, I don't have, it's not so much that I have a problem inherently with the idea of hanging out. Again, for small kids, it's great. I would just suggest that the older a person is uh, and and the more hanging out is taking over as their whole form of social life at the expense of dating, that that becomes a progressive problem and it gets worse and worse as the person gets older and older. And frankly, I think it gets more and more boring. I mean, hanging out is sort of uh, the way a lot of the world hangs out is in bars. And and that's where you go to look for someone and to kind of hang out. And then uh, in, in the worst form of the problem, hanging out becomes hooking up in one night. And, and I, I think most people would agree that there's some serious problems with that. 
But in, in a much more uh, conservative setting, hanging out might be bad only in the sense that it, it gets a little old after a while. It's the same thing over and over and over. And then if you jump from that to hooking up, where has dating gone? Where has courtship gone? Where has, if you want a real old-time word, here's one for you. This will this will maybe make you think of your grandfather. But wooing, I actually love that word, and that's a really old-fashioned one. Wooing, when have you heard that last, Linda? But that means I want to, I want, I want this person to, to like me. I want to do something to impress her. Nothing wrong with that. It's kind of a neat thing. And, and, and maybe girls call it flirting. Those are old. We think of, you know, uh, we think of uh, uh, the, the old TV shows or something. I'm suggesting maybe we shouldn't. Maybe there's something there that's worth doing. Um, well, I agree. And we are going to get into some interesting things in this second half, um, including the bachelor, the bachelorette, and what a phenomenon that is right now. And uh, it's just going to be really fun. So we'll take a little break and be right back with you. Um, we are talking about something really interesting today, which some of you may agree with us, some may not, but I think most of the people, in fact, we just did an article in the newspaper about hanging out and hooking up today, and we have gotten a thousand responses on it, so we thought we better talk about it for a little while. Yeah, it's a hot-button topic, hanging out and hooking up. I'll give you the poll results. They're not, people are still voting on the Deseret News, but... Uh, the first question we asked is, uh, generally speaking, what is the more productive activity, hanging out or dating? <laughs> I'm pleased to say dating won with 80% of the vote so far. Oh, man. That's good news. <laughs> then uh, the second question is, uh, what are you, you know, which, which should we be looking to and preferring, hooking up or courtship? And courtship did even better, 81%. So... I'm just saying let's practice what we preach and let's talk to our kids about it and let's, uh, if you are a kid, let's think about it. And then the, the next two questions were really the more interesting ones. Um, we asked our, our readers what they thought was the ideal age for marriage. And we gave them three options, between 20 and 25, between 25 and 30, and over 30. How do you think that voting went, Linda? You haven't seen the results. I just looked at them. Um, I'll bet between 25 and 30 on the second one. Surprisingly, this is an interesting thing because it indicates a gap between perception and, and practice. Uh, the winner was 20 to 25, but barely. It, it got about 45% of the vote. and. And about 44% so far says between 25 and 30 is the ideal age. And about 9 or 10% thinks the ideal age to get married is after 30. Now, again, as we talk about this, we are so aware, believe me, we are. We speak a lot to single groups, and we know that it's not always a choice to, to put off a courtship and, and to put off marriage, but many, many times it is a choice. The final question, by the way, was 
when do you think is the ideal age to have your first child? Same, same uh, answers, 20 to 25, 25 to 30, and 30 to 35. And here you were right, Linda, the, the majority feels the ideal time to have a child is 25 to 30, but not very much ahead of the 20 to 25. So the point is, in theory, a lot of people still believe that relatively early marriage, perhaps earlier than the average now, which is up around 27, 28 in the western United States and as high as 29 or 30 in some states, uh, a lot of people think maybe that is a, is not ideal. It's it's maybe a little late, but yet that's that's the direction we're going now. Well, let, me, let me challenge you, Linda. What's wrong with waiting? Is anything wrong with waiting until you're 30 or, or so to get married? I mean, after all, you can give a child a better life. You've got yourself more established. You can give your spouse a better life. What's wrong with waiting? Well. I don't know. That's what people who live on the East Coast would be saying. Are you crazy to get married before you're 30? That would be crazy. You've got to have a career. You've got to have a life before you get married. I mean, really, this is so true with all the people that we're dealing with on the East Coast and and also and the, the West, West Coast. Coast. Yeah, It's those people in middle America that get married early, not, not always. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't done the polls there. <laughs> but... Um, but really, there of course, there are some advantages to marrying earlier. You are young and immature, and you don't really know what you want. And are you saying that. ignorance is bliss? Absolutely. And and yet, there are also some disadvantages to waiting till later, as everyone knows, because by then you're kind of set in stone, and you have a certain way of doing things, and it's very hard to change. Um, again, I have to say that we are. Um, in that boat, we uh, we have a son who just married at the 37-year-old from New York City, and this was her first marriage. And it, you know, it is a whole different deal than our kids that were married at 25. Some things better, and some things, some things not yeah, as good. Absolutely. So I so again, uh, I keep throwing out this disclaimer because I really don't want any listener to think, boy, there's some real rednecks who think we ought to marry our teenagers and so on. I. I just I just think that the trend is even the trend is not bad. The trend towards slightly older marriages I think may be good in many ways. What bothers me is the idea that everyone should know that and everyone should wait. I just don't think that's true. And again, it leads to this whole mentality of hooking up and not dating and not courting and and I think that's problematic. One question you could ask if 30 or over was the ideal age to get married, why didn't someone tell our bodies that? I mean, <laughs> you know, this is a tough subject to get into, and I don't mean to, to get into it in any depth because I'm not a doctor and I don't have any special knowledge. But uh, most of us know that having children, I mean, even getting pregnant and then uh, bringing healthy children into the world, the percentages are tougher after 30 than before and they're and they're much tougher at the age a lot of people are getting married which is 35 or, or older yeah that's that's really true and you know I just think it's such a personal thing that it is really really hard to talk about in general at all but at the same time I think what you're saying is just 
how important it is to be interested in actually dating when you get to a dating age. And, you know, it's so interesting because I, last week was the finale of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Honestly, I'm so clueless on that. I don't even know which one it was. But our youngest daughter came home and said, Mom, you've got to watch this with me. It's so loud. I have to see it. And she had a computer. I said, honey, we don't even have a TV. I have my computer. Come on, you've got to watch this. So actually I did watch the end with her, and I guess it had been going on all seasons. But oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know how that could be a really very solid relationship to start out with, but just the swooning that was going on from our 24-year-old <laughs> daughter. And oh, oh, isn't that romantic? Oh, that's so wonderful. I mean, the girls are so ready for romance. And in, in that case, I don't know how real that is because there was a lot of money behind that. <laughs> And a lot of promotion, I don't know whether they were told what they were supposed to say or not. You never know that. But at the same time, just the whole idea of these young women being so um, completely enveloped in romance and loving that idea. And then I think they come to the real world and there aren't too many ultra-romantic guys out there. And so it kind of gets disappointing for them. I think one of the problems with this dating thing is that our kids are looking for perfection. Do you think? Yeah, that could be. But I, I'm curious, Linda, do you think The Bachelorette promotes dating and courtship, or do you think it promotes uh, hanging out and hooking up? <laughs> um, probably both. Um, it also promotes maybe an unreal world of, you know, the way it really is in a courtship and marriage and so on. Yeah. Um, I So often you hear... Oh no, you know, the headlines are so and so and so and so who, you know, loved each other so much and got engaged on that show, I broke up. You know, and he was unfaithful and she was unfaithful. And it's just the same kind of thing that you hear everywhere, which is kind of a sad commentary on our society. Now you've probably gathered, you new listeners today, that we're <laughs> one thing we like about doing this show, Ayers on the Road, is we can just say what we think. Our goal is not to convince you that we're right every time. Our goal is not to follow some policy. No one monitors or or correlates what we say, and there's a lot of freedom in that, and we appreciate it. So we don't necessarily expect all of you to agree, and we're trying to give you a straight a, a version of our opinion as we can. And in that light, let me move to the other term of hooking up. Um, here, here, Here's where we are deeply. I mean, we're... We're, we're annoyed by some of the hanging out. We're much more than annoyed by the hooking up, especially when hooking up is defined to mean that what you do is after you've found someone while hanging out, while hanging out, you go straight away and hook up or you begin to have sex with that person. We think one of the tragedies in America right now is that amorality that is portrayed in movies and in, and in television and a lot of places where we are essentially being shown that the normal thing to do when you're attracted to someone is to immediately sleep with them, to immediately hook up. And, you know, we are so troubled by that for many reasons. Uh, it's, it's as though we've taken the norms of society that have been developed over eons of time and reverse the order. You know the old thing about uh, uh, 
first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. Isn't that the old? Didn't kids used to sing that while they played hopscotch, Linda? I did. And, I, and, I think and, you did. And, Maybe that dates us. But. <laughs> and now we've got a world where it happens in reverse, where people oftentimes, um, you know, develop a physical relationship first, ignore marriage altogether, and then maybe if they decide at some point to have a child, go ahead and get married. Now, here's, the, here's, here's what I hear more and more from young people and, and what troubles me. I, and again, I'm a young person at heart, aren't I, Linda? So I'm not oh, an old fogey talking about young people. But I hear this reasoning. Why in the world would you take the risk? In fact, I had a guy who, who defined marriage before intimacy and before living together. He, he called that risk marriage. And his point was, how could you possibly, you know, marry someone and make a commitment to the person before you'd even lived with them, before you even knew if you were compatible, before you even knew if it was going to work out? Certainly it would be more prudent to hook up, to live together, and then to decide if, if this is something you want to make permanent. Well, I've got news for the poor guy. The statistics don't support his view. The incident of divorce is much higher, not just a little higher, much higher among couples who cohabitated before marriage. So whatever your logic or your reasoning process is, the fact is people who make a commitment, who, have a, who date, who have a courtship, who then get married, who then live together, and become intimate have a better chance of having a marriage that lasts. Um, I mean, really, it's quite amazing that statistics do back us up on that. And we've just lost that. And, I, you know, who's to blame? The media, I think. Uh, I just think the media is unbelievable. It's hard to even turn on a TV show without them preaching that. Yeah, you're right, Linda. We've we've really let it all out today, folks. We're nearly out of time, but let let us uh, give you the last word, Linda. But be careful about hanging out and hooking up, and have your kids be careful about it too. That's our hope for today. And watch out for that media. Don't let them convince you that the other the opposite is true. See you next week. 